Can you guys hear me? Sorry, hold on. 32 super fans. I, I couldn't understand a word that was said. Every angle of the NFL covered. You fired up for that, man? Huh? This. We on go time. We, we still on go. Hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane. This is Next Fan Up. We're live, bro. Hello and welcome. This is the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. You are listening to Next Fan Up for fans, by fans. I am James, your Eagles fan here, joined again by two of my cohorts in the NFC East. Look, if you want the other fans to show up, email us, nextfanup at gmail.com. Tweet at us or Facebook messages at nextfanup. But I have longtime contributor Neil here for, of the Washington football team. Neil, how are you doing, sir? Evening, Jamu. Yes, uh, very happy to be here. And it's obviously, people call this the what the the best weekend of football of the year. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but uh, we certainly have James. I'm going to say to you, James, I could make a case for any of the eight remaining teams to win the Super Bowl, and I think we have the best eight teams for once. You know, there's no. There's no uh, wild card team who <laughs> some crazy events uh, got them into this round and shouldn't be here. I think everybody who's here really are the eight teams who should be here. Mm. And of course, representing the New York Giants, we have Jared. Sir, how are you this week? I'm doing good, and I'm excited that pretty soon we won't have to call Neil just from Washington anymore. We'll have a name for him here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. You can, you can call we, me. We've got speculation on what that name is, and we're, we're not thrilled about it anyway. Yeah, you could call me the Admiral, or you could call me a Commander, or something. That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. Commander, Commander Neil. You fancy that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Unless there's some military service you you've been holding back from us, Neil. Well, uh, um, uh, if, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Oh, see, well, th- then there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Wildcard weekend was um, everything that it was cracked up to be and then some through the six games. Yes, there were a couple of blowouts and uh, a couple of games that turned some heads. Mm. Not in a good way. There is a fan base out there still lamenting and licking their wounds. And uh, I, I can say that the, with the three of us here on this podcast, you can guess what I'm referring to. And uh, I've been laughing since Sunday. Oh, it was hilarious. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Is, is Kevin still in hiding then? Is this, is this the case? Oh, man. Hey, we, I thought we said we weren't going to actually mention him by name, but I mean, they I mean, can let, figure it out. Come on, let's face it. Who who didn't enjoy seeing Mike McCarthy with his head in the tumble dryer, as usual? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we're going to say about teams who aren't here because there's no coaching news this week. Oh, hold on, no hold on, hold news. on. Wait, did you have to wait? wait what James, do you mean? Uh, well, well, hold on. Been, what do you mean? Hold on. A flag's just been thrown, and uh, Kevin is offside again. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so again, no, no new coaching news. Uh, no GM news. So no one's been hired yet. And as Neil and I were speculating before Jarrett joined us. We're under the consensus that the majority of the candidates are still actively involved in these playoffs of the eight teams remaining. Uh, Jared, w- w- I want to know your thoughts on that because Neil and I had already had a nice lengthy conversation earlier. Yeah, I think that 
as much as like a team would want to say like, Hey, this is our new GM, especially for the giants. I think that because all three of the candidates are still alive, which is the bills, the chiefs and the Niners. Uh, we're not going to hear anything until after the games this week. And my gut still says that it's the bills that we're going with. Um, but we're, we're just have to wait and see. Um, I think the, the key point there, uh, Jared was that, uh, did you notice, uh, uh, James's passive aggressiveness when he said we had a lengthy conversation before you turned up. What he's saying is you were you were late. Just, I was I was a wee bit late. I apologize for that. <laughs> but I'm not as late oh. as Kevin or uh, the Cowboys and trying to call a timeout or throw it to the sideline or something. Oh wow, wow! So we're going to be doing that the entire show. Got it. I mean, All we don't right. want to keep sneak around. I didn't run out of time. So, so uh, the only big things to come out of this week's news cycle, other than and I'm going to collectively say this because we're not going to get into any stories specifically. NFL players who didn't make the playoffs not behaving well between DUIs, arrest, oh. and indecent exposure. Please <laughs> consult your own local media for your sports team. You'll see what I'm talking about. Um, outside of those instances, which I really don't want to delve into because they are sad and, sad and creepy, to say the least, um, Dak Prescott was fined $25,000 by the league for his comments condoning the actions of the fans who threw garbage and cups at the referees when the game ended is one story. Does anybody care to weigh in on that? I mean, if the Cowboys thought like 15 penalties was bad or whatever they got, I'll wait till next year when they're going to have like 20 a game. Hmm. I think, I think in, in general, uh, I, I, I think I, I was very impressed with the Pittsburgh Steelers coach this year, um, uh, Mike Tomlin, who repeatedly talked about the taunting calls, James, you know, and sort of said, you know, one of the, the reasons they wanted to cut them out, and whether we agreed if it was too harsh or not, that's another story. But the reason, well, they, wanted to, the reason, well, the reason they wanted to cut it out, of course, was to was because of the of the, of the young people playing the sport, children watching the games, indeed. Uh, re- respect and all the rest of it. And I think Dak because Prescott they want to emulate lucky. their favorite players. Yeah, yeah. Dak Prescott is lucky he only got fined. I probably would have suspended him for a game for that. <laughs> those comments but that was uh, uh, that uh, it just wasn't it wasn't appropriate. It was as it was as inappropriate as calling a quarterback draw with fifteen seconds <laughs> in the clock. Well, <laughs> someone else. Someone else who was fined this week was uh, Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians for striking his own player in the helmet <laughs> on the field. Um, mm-hmm. in, in case you didn't see it, um, my team was unceremoniously beat to kingdom come and back uh, on Sunday afternoon. And during the course of the game, uh, a wide receiver who I hope is not on my squad next year was fielding a punt, fumbled. There was a scrum. And, of course, there is a league rule that once there is a scrum for the ball, players not involved in said scrum cannot pull Mm. players off, whether their own or the opposition. Mm. This player for the Buccaneers tried to pull off one of the Eagles players, and Arian steps out fully like five to ten yards into the field of play and whacks his player upside the head. The only downside is cameras caught it, and he was fined 50 grand. I think he was trying to. He was t- getting. I think he was worried his player was going to get a penalty against his team. Yeah, get a. Pe- of course, he was going to get a penalty Super because 50. it is a unsportsmanlike fifteen-yard penalty but, for but, pulling players off the pile. But I have to go back to the Dallas game, uh, James, and and just say absolutely not because the well, next order, story. <laughs> but it's but James, it's in support of you, James. Oh, it's gosh. very much in support of you. I would just say that uh, I would ask any Dallas Cowboys fan out there 
What are you doing with your draft when you you draft CD Lamb when Justin Jefferson's still on the board? True. And the final story, which probably doesn't deserve much fanfare, is um, former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, John Gruden, is suing the league, in case you didn't realize. But the league is trying to get the case in the Vegas courts thrown out. Um, basically saying it's a baseless claim and they've submitted a whole bunch of evidence. Um, if you haven't been listening this year, look, you know what happened with John Gruden. You know the connections to his brother. What happened with Neil's football team and their atrocious front office as far as everything under the sun that was basically inhumane is the most civil way to put it. Well, some people would just call it party time. This isn't the 1960s anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the league is trying to get it thrown out. Of course, Gruden is fighting it because he feels like he was scapegoated. He may very well have been. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't <laughs> said these things. So take from that what you will. Uh, anything else that you two want to delve into well, that does not involve. <laughs> doesn't involve Dallas. <laughs> no, no Dallas talk. Anything oh, I think, else you want to talk about before we jump into games? Yeah, well, just on, on the subject of the of the, the Raiders, of course, uh, uh, television favorites uh, and what GM for a couple of years has been has been fired. Yeah, Mike Mayock was Mike fired Mayock. the day after uh, Wild Card Weekend ended. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely interesting job uh, opening there. So I think I like what I mentioned in the in our uh, uh, private chats was I think that the Raiders might be the last team to hire a GM because obviously they're the last ones to have a spot open, but also because they're going to be evaluating a lot of different things with the organization. And I think they're going to be very careful about what they do, especially after everything that's happened this year. So mm-hmm. if you're a Raiders fan listening, like, just don't worry about it. You guys will eventually get someone. Just, just pray Jim Harbaugh. I think, I think Jim Harbaugh will be there. That's a great fit, I think. Absolutely not. He finally beat Ohio State after six years at Michigan. He finally. Something really bad. Yeah. Yes. So I, I I don't think he leaves Michigan yet. I mean, he just beat Ohio State. Granted, they had a poor showing in the playoff against Georgia, but um, yeah, <laughs> he I did. Mean, he finally did what he was brought there to do. Yeah. It took him six years to do it, yeah, but, but he it finally also, did it. It was also because Ohio State have been terrible this year. I mean, even Dallas could have beaten. Hey, them. hey, hey, hey! You you take your victories where you can, sir. <laughs> <laughs> spoken from a a person representing a team that was just happy to be there this weekend. (laughs) But no, um, so Basaccia, do do we all think that he has a legitimate shot to have the interim tag removed? I mean, all the players love and support him. They've several offensive players, including quarterback Derek Carr, have come out in favor of him retaining the job as the full-time head coach. What, they go seven and two over the last nine games and make the playoffs? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to keep my answer short and sweet. Zero chance. Wow. Zero chance. Okay. Wow. That's pretty different. <laughs> 100%. Well, not 100%, but has a chance versus no chance. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say he's got a good shot just because the players love him so much. Like even uh, Max, uh, Mad Max came out and said that he's uh, really likes him as a coach. So mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. All not right. sexy enough for Davis, I don't think. Might not be, yeah. Yeah, look, that that's basically what got them in trouble the last time. So how about we not do 
the sexy thing here, if you will, to take Neil's race. Mm-hmm. Well, what you do in your spare time, James, is up to you. Uh, I walked right into that one. All right. <laughs> Division round starts Saturday, mm. 4.30 p.m. on CBS. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans. And just so you know, the uh, power rankings and the spreads this week are all in favor of the home teams. So the Titans are still number five in our power rankings. They are three and a half point favorites. Uh, Jared and I are going with the Bengals. Neil, you're going with the Titans. Uh, here's some notes for this game before we get into some one of the few write-ups we have this week. The Titans have the league's best record of eight and three against teams that posted a winning record in 2021. Uh, Also, uh, Ryan Tannehill has averaged more than 100 fewer passing yards per game in the playoffs than the regular season as a Titans quarterback. T. Higgins had 100 receiving yards and one touchdown in both games this season following a game with fewer than 25 yards, had 10 in the wildcard round against the Raiders, so keep an eye out for that this weekend. Julio Jones has averaged 104.3 yards a game in eight career playoff games. Only Larry Fitzgerald at 104.7 has averaged more since this 1970 merger. The Titans are five and nine all time in the divisional round, one and three at home. Uh, Cincinnati had a 43.5% pressure rate with Trey Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson on the field in the wildcard round against the Raiders, 9.1 with him off the field. Derrick Henry, who we'll get to much later, finished top 10 in attempts, rushing yards, and touchdowns this season despite missing the last nine games. The most games missed by any player ranking the top 10 in rushing yards in NFL history. And Joe Mixon has 10-plus carries and has averaged fewer than four yards a carry in each of his last six games tied for the longest streak in the NFL this season. Uh, Let's get to... This right up here by Jordan, our Titans fan, who says the Titans are healthier now than we were at the start of the regular season. Knock on wood should have all 22 starters available, including, you know, watching the Raiders Bengals game. Raiders edge rushers were able to get pressure, but Burrow would just step up in the pocket and escape. Raiders couldn't get interior pressure. We have Jeffrey Simmons, so that shouldn't be a problem for us. Burrow will step up right into more pressure. For the Bengals on offense to succeed, they'll want to go empty five wide and do quick passes before our rushers can get to them. Otherwise, I think we'll be able to stop the run and we'll be able to pressure Burrow. It will be a big challenge to match up with their wide receivers, though. I don't think we can truly stop the Bengals passing game, but I think we can contain them with negative plays every once in a while to end drives. Other side of the ball, best part of having the bye is that we didn't have to play last week. Bengals did. And now Ogan Joby is out. That's a big hit to their D-line. Henderson versus Cuisenberry will be a huge mismatch for them. They'll need Henderson to really dominate and be able to slow us down. I think we should be able to run on them. Our role players, Westbrook Akini, Frisker, have to step up because you want to attack Cincy over the middle of the field. It's weird. I don't even know what our team would be like with everybody playing, mainly Henry, AJ, and Julio. 
We've barely seen them this season, and it's been so long. Vrabel is 8-0 as a coach in games with extra prep time. We'll be ready. Nissan Stadium is going to be going berserk when Henry comes out. We're going to grind them down and out-physical them. Titans 24, Bengals 13. Neil, I'll start with you. Agree, disagree, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've gone for the Titans. I think um, I think the week off makes a big difference. Uh, I really do. Uh, and I think uh, you mentioned the injury to uh, Ogun Joby, and uh, I think Hen- Hendrickson is still in the concussion protocol, or is he out of it now? Uh, he-, he leads the team in sacks with 14 uh, going into the, the playoffs. Uh, and if those two guys are, well, one's out and one's either limited or out, then I think that will make a huge difference. What I, what I see here, though, James, is a, it's a really high-scoring game. I, I think, I think uh, you know, Burrow's going to make his plays to, to, to Chase and to Higgins and Boyd, uh, and, and they'll get their points. But I just think over the course of the game, eventually, uh, and I think it'll be a one-two punch for the Titans. I, I don't think it'll just be... Uh, 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 Henry, I think it's Foreman, isn't it, who's come in and done so well in the last mm-hmm. the last few weeks of the season. I think it'll be a one-two punch. I think they'll bring they'll bring Henry in uh, gently in the game and see how that goes. But I just think they'll eventually wear them down. And I and I'm not I'm not seeing a Cincinnati defense that can really stop such uh, not only a high-powered offense in in the passing game but also in the running game. It's very balanced that Titans attack. Uh, I can see them uh, uh, just grinding out a victory. But something high-scoring, maybe something like 31-27, that sort of range. Mm. Jared? Yeah, I kind of agree with Neil in terms of the point spread. I think it's going to be in the 30s range. And the main reason for that is since his defense is just not good, minus like a couple players, and there are concerns about injury to those couple players, and the Titans have one of the best running backs in the game. He appears to be fully healthy. They have, historically, I don't think Julio is going to be that good this year because he's just been too banged up and he's too old. But maybe he'll prove us wrong. But, I mean, he's first ballot guy. And historically, like Neil said, or like Quiver said, with the, his hundred over 100 yards uh, a game in the playoffs, like he's lights out. He has amazing hands. But I think that A.J. Brown is going to be – the Titans main guy. I think if, if AJ Brown can get over hundred yards, then I think the Titans should win this game. Um, but I don't know that he will. And so that's my concern. I, I just don't fully trust Tannehill. Um, I think that he's improved a lot, obviously since he was uh, dealing with Adam Gase, but um, I think there's a lot of issues. And I think Burrow is clearly the better quarterback and mm-hmm. Burrow just has that magic with him. And that's why I went with Cincy is just because there's something about this Bengals team that I trust more than I trust the Titans. And it's because of Burrow. And I mean, they, they went, what was it? 31 years without a playoff win. They get one. And unlike Dak Prescott, Burrow actually comes out and says like, Hey, this is the new normal for us. I expect this going forward every year I play. And that's the kind of thing you want your quarterback to be saying instead of, Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Go for it. Go up to the refs guys. So Burrow's a leader. He's good. I think that that gives consistency the edge in this one. So same scores in Neil, but just flip the teams roughly. Mm. The Titans have a terrible habit of playing to the level of their opposition, don't they? Yeah, I think they've beaten the Chiefs. And, and that Neil is while I'm going with the Bengals because that's probably my biggest knock on the Titans right there is 
they don't they don't really squash competition when they should. I mean, we all remember they lost to the Jets early in the season. And that was before Henry got hurt. You know, um, they also and lost they, to the Texans later in the season in their first matchup. And they were getting blown up by Seattle, and they had a miracle comeback in that one because Seattle was awful. But anyways. You know, just some of the games they lose, is it's – completely inexplicable because again like you said they play up and down to the level of competition i don't see very many blowouts in their schedule this year okay they beat the chiefs 27-3 and that's when the chiefs pretty much didn't know what they were doing on offense um there's a 20 to nothing over the jaguars late in the season a 34-3 over the dolphins to pretty much keep pressure on kc for the number one seed and you know and that's pretty much it. They don't Surprise. really dominate teams. Mm. I'm they, surprised. They let, they let teams linger. And I think that right there is something you can't do with this Bengals team. Because granted, the Bengals have the 18th ranked defense in the league. This is a young and talented offense. And I think any glimmer of hope for this team, because it is one of those things we're always liking to um someone who doesn't know that this is not supposed to happen this way. Like, like you said, Joe Burrow is stating that this is the new norm for them. Making the playoffs every year is, is their new norm. This, I don't think we were really expecting this this year. We like, all right, they'll improve this year, but we were looking for what they're doing now, probably next year. No, you know, I was. Well, I mean, of course you were Neil. I love, I Neil, love Neil Burrow. loves Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Neil also loves another quarterback who, who had question marks all season long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's that? I, I would I would I would say though, uh, you know, if Justin is obviously going to be going to be uh, editing this later, Justin, just be be aware that was Jared who took a shot at your, <laughs> at your Seattle deadbeats and not me. <laughs> oh, you guys are horrible. Um the injury report thus far as a time of this recording, uh, wide receiver Stanley Morgan for the Bengals is questionable with a hamstring. Uh, linebacker Joe Bacci, linebacker Jordan Evans, and Akeem Davis-Gaither are all on the COVID list. We already talked about Larry Ogunjobi, um, so he should be available. Hendrickson is actually not on the list, so he's probably out of concussion protocol. For the Tennessee Titans, again, Derrick Henry, first game back, I think that's a huge question mark as well. Uh, how much he plays, what's his workload going to be like? Everything on Tannehill as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm not saying Henry won't be a factor, but if he is a factor in this game positively, Titans win. If in, But honestly, this is all on Tannehill. He has to win this game. Uh, Tier Tart, defensive tackle, is questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, Greg Maben, the corner, is out. He is on the COVID list. And uh, f- Tony Car- Troy, sorry, Tory Carter, their fullback, uh, was designated to return from injured reserve. The next game we have here on oh, the docket. Wait, 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 wait. wait you don't want to move on? You got no, something else? Oh, oh, I was just a Jared and I both gave kind of score predictions. Come on, James, spit it out. Be a man up. Uh, let's go 31-30 Bengals. 
Oh, wow, that's a wow. Close one. Uh, yeah, I, I expect this game to be close. But again, like I said, Tennessee lets teams hang around. They haven't really beaten anyone like they should have. I, I'm looking at their schedule. I, there are not many convincing wins here. I'd and yes. Uh, 31 30. That's crazy. That's just crazy as a Dallas Cowboys uh, two minute drill. Remember, they beat the Bills <laughs> early this season 34 31. And they also lost mm. to the Jets 24 27. Over, over, under, yeah, over under 35, 35 and a half rushing attempts by the Titans in this game. Uh, to win this game is going to have to be over. So I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I think it's under that, but uh, they need to run at least 30 times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, good, good, good. What's, what's the weather like in Tennessee? The weather report is uh, 36 degrees and sunny for Sunday. This is Fahrenheit. Excuse me, Saturday. It? Saturday. The Fahrenheit? <sighs> yes, Fahrenheit. 36 yeah. Fahrenheit. So in real temperature, two degrees. Okay, right. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The next game on Saturday, 8.15 p.m. on Fox. San Francisco 49ers, who are 11th in our power rankings, at the Green Bay Packers, who are number one. Packers are six-point favorites. Useless stats here. <laughs> With the touchdown pass on Saturday night, Rodgers will surpass Hall of Famer Joe Montana, 45 touchdown passes, for the second most postseason touchdown passes in league history. Only Tom Brady, 85, has more, dating back to the 2015 playoffs. Uh, Rodgers has recorded at least two touchdown passes in nine consecutive postseason games, longest streak in NFL history. Uh, Some other useless stats. Devontae Adams has averaged 123.6 receiving yards in five career games versus the Niners, including the playoffs, the most by any player versus Frisco since the 1970 merger. The Packers have not won a playoff game versus the Niners since the 01 wildcard game. Quarterbacks there were Brett Favre and Jeff Garcia. Garoppolo has a 20-6 and career record as a starter on the road, second highest win percentage in the NFL since 1970. That includes the playoffs. Uh, Debo Samuel and Devontae Adams, the two wide receivers who will be key in this game. Samuel's averaging 18.2 yards of reception, uh, 1,770 scrimmage yards on the season and 14 touchdowns. Adams averages 12.6 yards a reception. 
He had 1,553 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers is 11 and 9. Excuse me, Karen Rodgers. Misspoke there. Karen Rodgers is 11 and 9 in his career as a starter in the playoffs. Seven and eight since winning the Super Bowl uh, 45 in the 2010 season. And Garoppolo is three and one in his career as a starter in the playoffs. The highest postseason win percentage in 49ers history. But I mean, again, three and one. Come, come on now. <laughs> Green Bay Bryan did send us something. And it states, expecting a very close game between these two. I think the Niners present the exact right problems to really make life difficult for Green Bay. On offense, Rodgers will need to continue to play at a good to great level to win. Should be trying to get the ball out fairly quickly. The O-line has been solid, even missing four of our five top guys. Biggest question will be if the guys coming back from injury, tackles Bakhtiari and Billy Turner, is how much rust has built up. Wide receivers, 17 is a maestro. Alan Lazard, the new number two and good possession wide receiver, getting Cobb back healthy. I think we should be able to produce against the San Francisco secondary. Running backs should see a pretty healthy mix. Expect the explosive plays from Jones, especially if Warner is out or limited, and for A.J. Dillon to grind San Fran's defense to a fine powdery snow. On defense, it's all, it all starts with stopping the run, something we've been uneven at best at over the course of the year. The way I see us losing this game is if we can't keep San Francisco's running backs under five yards average. Pass rush could be getting a boost with the return of Zadarius Smith and Whitney Merciless. We've been good at generating pressures this year, but could be great if these guys regain true prior form. Getting Jair back in some capacity should also help our coverage unit. Less worried about this offense beating Green Bay on 10-plus play drives as much as big plays. Need to tackle Debo and Kittle well. Prediction? Beat up Jimmy throws a few picks in the cold January night. Trick plays make the game look closer than it really was. 12-17 to 17 shred. Packers 31, Niners 24. Jared, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on uh, Brian's prediction here and uh, the outcome of this game? I think it's a it's a pretty solid prediction. I think that uh, Green Bay is the favorite. They should win this game. However, I do see an occurrence where the Niners do win, which Brian kind of lays out there, where the Niners leverage their run game, especially Debo, especially Kittle uh, on the outside making plays. Uh, the Niners are extremely well coached, one of the best coached teams left in the playoffs currently. However, their Achilles heel, like it is every year, is they have a really bad quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo, who you cannot trust <laughs> at all. It'd be like handing the ball to your center instead of the ref at the end of a game uh, to get eliminated from the playoffs. That's how bad this guy is. He's going to do it. He's going to throw an interception. He might throw two interceptions. He'll fumble it. There'll be some kind of play here that he's going to screw up and it's going to really hurt the team. But I do think that the Niners uh, defense is going to get to Aaron Rodgers, And when Aaron Rodgers is uncomfortable, he does not play well. Go back to the start of the season when Aaron Rodgers got basically completely shut out against the saints defense. Um, they manhandled him, And that's when we had a lot of red flags of, Oh, is Rogers going to like get traded in the season? And I think the Niners have that talent on, on their defensive line and their linebacking core. As far as I know, 
everyone's going to be playing for them. And uh, Werner actually is playing from the last thing I heard. Uh, and so Brian mentions him and it's going to be tough. I think that, that Rogers is going to have to out play out of his mind. He's going to have to th- throw at least four touchdowns. I think that the green Bay running game is not going to be important in this game. I think it's going to be straight down a quarterback play. How many turnovers does Garoppolo have versus how many touchdowns Rogers has? I think that's the the dynamic for this. All right, Neil, these teams did meet in week three. The Packers on a Karen Rodgers last second drive, 130 to 28. Playing out the same way or any differently here? Yeah, it's my upset special for this week. Uh, Ooh. Uh, is it? Maybe not. Maybe just lock. I'm just lock, certainly locking them up, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I think Jared makes some good points there. You're always kind of waiting for Jimmy G to make that killer uh, uh, interception or, or fumble. Uh, he almost did it against uh, Dallas uh, last weekend uh, <laughs> in a game that really the 49ers dominated. I, th- I think the difference for the 49ers' defense here will be that the uh, the Green Bay Packers wide receivers can actually catch the ball. Last week, you kind of felt like the uh, the Cowboys' receivers couldn't catch COVID and the way they were playing. Wow. In terms, in terms of uh, in terms of the Packers, though, I do wonder this 13 and four record, James. Was that was that not just a bit of a false positive in the, in in the sense of uh, of Rogers' season and, and the way they, they kind of got wins? I kind of think they kind of got lucky a lot of the way. Uh, so I'm not sure they're really a thirteen and four team. Home field advantage that would normally I think be quite good for the Packers, but in this game, this game is going to be all about whether the San Francisco 49ers can run the ball consistently well and make big plays in the run game. You know, that's that's going to be the key here, whether Green Bay can stop it. And Green Bay historically struggled to stop the run against good running teams. And I think that might be the difference. I'm, 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 I'm interested in, in the weather forecast for this game too. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, I, I can just see. 12 oh, degrees. Oh. Zero degrees Kelvin is what I believe it's going to be. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'll find out what that is in Celsius later. Uh, the in terms of uh, the game itself, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I've gone for a San Francisco win. Uh, I, I think they they just have the. They're just, I just feel they're a bad matchup uh, altogether for the Packers, and uh, and yeah, yeah, I, it's going to. I think they're going to go in there, and and they're going to be immunized against Rogers and the and the and the Packers offense. All right, so Neil, I'm going to nitpick with you for a little bit. Um, unlike the Titans, the Packers have several double-digit wins on the season. Uh, look, I I know they're the Lions, but they beat them 35-17. The they Lions. beat the Steelers 27-17. They beat the Bears. That Remember, that was the I own you game. But this, but this is this. three three bad teams so far. Oh, hold on, hold on, James. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over all of them. This they is beat the Bears my argument, 14. Yeah. They beat Washington twenty four to ten. Mm-hmm. They shut out the Seahawks seventeen nothing. Still zero good teams. But they, hey, these are all NFL teams. Yeah, but James, hold on, hold on. I'm not. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. They beat the Bears forty five to thirty. Uh, and then the last one here is they beat the Vikings 37-10. Now, granted, yes, these are all bottom feeder teams mostly. And several of these, actually the vast majority of them, were in the beginning of the season after they lost to the Saints and won in that six-game win streak. 
I do you, hear what you're saying. You've made my argument for me. I mean, uh, but, I, I kind of feel look, like we'll, we'll hear the, you The games down we'll the stretch you. were close, but they played the better teams in the back half of the schedule. The Rams, <laughs> the Ravens, when they were still fighting for something. Yeah, but they won 13 games, and you just rattled off like seven of them, which were against absolute nobodies. Well, okay, well, look, you're supposed to smash the nobodies. Mm, yeah. Unlike the Tennessee Titans, who we talked about earlier, who played down to the competition, you're supposed to smash the nobodies. True, that is, that is, a, that is a good difference right there. It is, but then you're kind of saying that the Packers really are, what, seven and four? <laughs> look, the, I, I won't say their one possession games could have, could have gone either way, but again, as we mentioned, they they did beat the Niners 30-28. They beat the Bengals 25-22. Uh, they beat the Cardinals 24-21. They lost to the Chiefs. Remember, that's when Karen's whole COVID situation popped off. They lost to them 13-7. Uh, they beat the Rams 36-28. So, and, and those are your playoff teams. So they so one score games against good teams. So that means this should be roughly a one score game. Yeah. So, I mean, now I, I, I'm not going to take away from the last time these two teams met in the playoffs in which um, last I checked, the Niners were still running the ball down their throat. This is an issue. This is probably my biggest concern with Green Bay. Um, they can't stop anybody running the football. And I feel like a lot of these teams on the schedule that, that they beat, especially these one score games, even against these good teams. If these teams... Committed to the run completely for the game and not and not try to pass so much. They dismantle the Packers. Yeah, I because feel, uh, no, no, seriously, seriously, because the Packers haven't shown me anything since that NFC yeah. Championship game they yep. lost. What was it two years ago to the Niners that they can stop anybody from running the football? And that was the eye opener. And literally, yeah. almost every single game they've lost has been because they can't stop anybody running the football. And teams do it to an extent. But no one goes all in to do it like the Niners do. Okay. All right, James, take a pause for the cause, yeah? Just, <laughs> go uh, ahead. Uh, I, what, what I would say is I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in myself because I actually – Why? Because you have made a far better case for the San Francisco 49 <laughs> than I have. Yeah, it sounds like James is on your side of this argument. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my only argument for Frisco. But I will say if the Niners come – I mean, if the, if the Packers get the ball first and drive down the field and put up a touchdown, that may put some pressure on Garoppolo. So I think the opening drive, depending on who gets the ball, sets the tone for the game. Obviously, I know that's common mm -hmm. sense. But I think it's more likely the Packers get the ball first. Like, if the Packers get the ball first, I think it's more likely they drive down, score a touchdown, than, say, if the Niners get the ball first and they drive down and score a touchdown. Be careful, James. You're, you're, you're teetering on the edge of the old uh... – Kevin's uh, who's who scores the most points wins. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting into that thing as far as who's no, no. I'm just saying <laughs> the first possession of the game will go a long ways as far as dictating how it plays out. And look, we saw last week the Niners pretty we did, much yeah. run That's the true. ball down the hold on. No, seriously. That's true. The Niners I agree set with you, the tone yeah. last yeah. week against the Dallas Cowboys by running the ball down their throats. I think Garoppolo only had like two passes on that opening drive. They scored a touchdown, mm -hmm. right? They basically out-physical Dallas, who was supposed to have this physical beat-em-up defense. We didn't see that. That's the way you beat the Packers. My only thing is, what if the Packers get the ball first and Karen Rodgers puts up seven? That, that, that's my hiccup in the plan for the Niners. Oh, was that a question, or are you just Wait, telling I us? 
I mean, maybe I should change mine to the Niners now. Like James has made yeah, persuasive. Absolutely. I mean, there's just no chance. I don't even know why they're going to bother playing this game. Oh my gosh! Look, my best friend is a Packers fan. I get him every year that you know his team worries me because they can't stop anybody from running the football. I mean, all this all this breaking news is too much. But you have a friend. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Wow. The injury report, as Brian mentioned, several players coming back. Yes, Jair Alexander is currently listed as questionable mm. with his shoulder. David Bakhtiari is listed questionable with his knee. Marquez Valdez-Scantley is doubtful with a back injury. And we already mentioned Whitney, Whitney Merciless coming back from uh, injury reserve with his biceps. The 49ers have Nick Bosa still in concussion protocol, but he did uh, practice in a limited capacity. Uh, Ambry Thomas, the corner, is listed as questionable. Uh, Raheem Mostert has been removed, has been shifted from the COVID list to IR. <laughs> uh, okay. So no chance of him playing. Uh, Marcel Harris, the linebacker, is questionable. And defensive end Jordan Willis suffered a high ankle sprain in Sunday's game. So he is doubtful for this week. Uh, anything else you two would like to add before we move on to the next game? I would just say that this is a game that's on the uh, Saturday night, isn't it? So over here, it probably starts around about midnight or maybe even later than that. Mm -hmm. And I've got to say that is just brilliant because that, that's it'll be one fifteen here, and that's uh, <laughs> I will be staying up for that. And I'm so happy it's this game because I'm really looking forward to it. All right, the Sunday games start at three p.m. on NBC. The L.A. Rams travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Rams are six in our rankings. Bucks are two. Bucks are also three-point favorites. Your useless stats. Sunday's matchup will mark the third postseason game ever, featuring two starting quarterbacks that each recorded at least 40 touchdown passes in the regular season. The two previous games were Brady versus Rodgers last season and Stafford versus Breeze in 2012. Tom Brady has won nine straight divisional road games, divisional round games, excuse me, dating back to 2011, the longest QB win streak in any round in NFL history. Uh, Stafford has a 65.5% completion percentage, 43 touchdowns, 17 picks, uh, with a 104.3 passer rating. Brady, 68% completion percentage. Uh, 45 touchdown, 12 picks, 102.8 passer rating. This is the eighth playoff game in the last 30 seasons between opposing quarterbacks that each ranked in top two in passing touchdowns that season. The quarterback ranked number one has won five of the previous seven matchups. The Rams have won six of their last seven games, only a week 18 loss against Frisco, uh, tied for the best record in the NFL since week 13, including the playoffs. Uh, Brady is 0-2 versus the Rams since joining the Buccaneers in 2020, 5-1 with the Patriots, including two Super Bowl wins. Uh, Stafford led the NFL with a 139.6 passer rating versus the Blitz this season. The Buccaneers defense had a 38.1 blitz percentage, second highest in the league. Uh, the Buccaneers are winning in 55.6% of the simulations done by NFL Network with an average score of 27 to 23. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is the sixth cornerback to be selected the three all-pro teams in their first six seasons. 
Sanders, Woodson, Revis, Sherman, and Peterson are the others. And the Buccaneers have scored 30-plus points in each of five playoff games with Tom Brady twice in the previous 15 games in Tampa Bay history. Neil, I'll give you first crack at this. I guess what I would ask you two guys is, which quarterback do you trust in the playoffs? Someone with seven Super Bowl championships or a 13-year veteran who just thought this past week won his first postseason game? Uh, you, you know I'm biased in this answer, right? Because I despise one of these quarterbacks and I loathe the other. Okay, was that an answer? <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, can't tell. Well, yeah, it was with which one's which? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I kind of think maybe the Rams are going to peak here just at the right point. Uh, for me, James, you know how much I love the offensive line, and I, I, you know, I love my tackles and guards. But I've got to say here, if Tristan Wirfs plays. I think the Buccaneers win, and if he plays, like close to healthy, and if uh, if he doesn't play, or he's playing like he played those couple of snaps when he was hobbling around uh, last week, then uh, then the Rams will win this game. And I, I don't think after seeing him hobbling last week, he's going to be anywhere near full strength. So uh, I think that offensive line takes a massive hit when he uh, when he's not in there. So we trust if Tristan Wirfs is out. Then I'm absolutely going with the Rams all day long. Jared, I strangely not 100% agree with Neil's winner because I think the Bucks will win, but I agree with the pressure on Brady is going to 100% decide this game. Mm-hmm. And the I think what unfortunately is happening to the Bucks is what happened to the Chiefs last year, where the O line has just been getting destroyed towards the end of the year and into the playoffs. And there's question marks at center and at right tackle for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And the Rams have uh, a certain Hall of Famer named Aaron Donald, who is pretty good that, uh, from what we've all seen. And yeah, He's all right. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that if, if they get to Brady, and um, speaking as a Giants like uh, fan, that's how you beat Brady in the playoffs. You mm-hmm. get pressure on Brady. And if I think that if the Rams do get enough pressure – Bucks lose. If they don't get enough pressure, Bucks win. I think it's simple as that. I think it's just that trench play on, on offensive versus defensive line. Evans, yeah. Evans on Ramsey will be a big matchup too here. Yeah, but before we even get to Evans and Ramsey, as you mentioned, Jerry, it's that pressure on Brady, but specifically, it's that pressure up the middle. But Neil, as you mentioned, Wirfs or his backup Wells, if they're either of them, whoever plays, if they're not 100%, remember they acquired midseason Von Miller, who's an outside pass rusher, and granted, they do move Donald around on the mm-hmm. line. Whoever lines up out there, it's, it's a nightmare matchup because, look, Worf's plays, look, we know he's not going to be 100%. All right, he's already listed as questionable with his ankle injury. Wells, is, his backup, is also listed as questionable. And Jensen, the center, is listed as questionable. So, yeah, you're talking about Brady's blind side and the guy he takes a snap from. Um no matter which two of those three plays, neither is going to be 100%. Um, Look, I I know we didn't put up much of a fight, but Neil, you you saw what Ryan Kerrigan did to Wells. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you saw that. The moment Wells came in, it was pretty much just like, oh, this might turn because the defense is getting pressure on Brady. But, you know, again, my squad was just happy to be there. I think that's absolutely right. Uh, and 
I think one area where I think the uh, the Rams can also do very well, I think I think is probably in the uh, in the passing game. I'm not. I'm still not convinced by the secondary of the uh, of the Buccaneers. Uh, I think the linebacker they've got, they've got the linebackers back, and that will make a difference for sure. Uh, but I, I just think that secondary can be can be torched for the Buccaneers if you if you if you get a guy throwing the ball down the field like edge a cup and to to Beckham and so so they've had uh, a lot of injury back there too yeah exactly and and that was one of the like hair raising things you're watching this past Sunday Mm -hmm. against the Eagles they're the corner over Devontae Smith was 10 yards back when every single play (laughs) was terrible wasn't it and they never took advantage of it yeah that's like I mean, you're yeah. calling plays that's looking away from him, and no one's making the side adjustment to say, "Hey, that that guy's nowhere near my number mm-hmm. one wide receiver." Mm-hmm. I, I, I guarantee the Rams don't make that same mistake. No. <laughs> I, think, no. I think the real question is uh, who had more catches, Rager or uh, Lamb? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let, let's 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 be honest. Last week, the Buccaneers were lucky that Jalen Rager just didn't go off and 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 destroy them single handedly. That's that oh gosh, please, concern, please stop 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 <laughs> saying his name. It's like my ears are burning right now. It's just uh. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh I, gosh, is is Andrew Whitworth on the injury report? Yes, he is. Ankle and knee. I mean, he played well when he got back in. So I mean, yeah, yeah. He, and he's a wily vet. I, I I trust him being playing injured, but yeah, that is concerning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, both teams have offensive line problems. Um, give us a score, then, James. Come on, give us a score. I don't want to, because I mean, <laughs> so here's my concern with the Rams. They are either there's there's no middle of the road with their defense, mm-hmm. and Again, I don't have nice things to say about their quarterback for obvious reasons. Um, as talented as this defense is, it is pretty much all or nothing with them. They'll either force you to go three and out, or they're going to let you drive the length of the field in as few plays as possible with some lapses in there, and you're going to score touchdowns. They don't routinely shut anybody down especially not the good teams um and i'm not overlooking the matchup early this season when they beat the buccaneers 34 24 but these teams are nowhere near remotely the same as they were then um i'll go 34 31 bucks yeah i'd lean that way as well um however i do feel pass rush because again as the previous game i think this game more so relies on the trenches of both teams Mm. the respective offensive and defensive lines going up against each other more so than anything happening on the outside yeah evans versus ramsey will be a good matchup but Mm. does ramsey follow evans all over the field because Ramsey, granted, he didn't follow anybody from Arizona last week all over the field, but he didn't have to because there wasn't anybody worth following all over the field. It's, it's he, also sorry, James. Do, you... No, I'm saying like, does he follow Evans? Because 
there are other targets. And look, we talk about the Buccaneers. You guys mentioned the Buccaneers secondary is not that talented. After Ramsey, there's not much going on with the Rams secondary, to be perfectly honest. Mm. So the other guys can't be had in mismatches. And granted, like, look, no Brown, no Godwin, fine. Miller's still there. Gronk is still there. You know, they can take advantage of matchups and they can scheme. One thing about Arians, he will scheme guys open other than Evans. And then Evans will pretty much get his when they decide, okay, these other dudes are getting too much. Let's move Ramsey around. The the other thing I take into consideration here is that the the Rams, they are the NFL's team, if you like. You know, the one the, the NFL office uh, really supports, you know, they've got their office and all the rest of it. And uh, I, I can see that being a, a contributing factor here. The league, the league would probably quite like to give Brady a slap and also uh, see, yeah, the, no. uh, see the Rams going. So look out for some very dodgy calls here, James. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> very dodgy calls. Uh, the one thing I meant to look up, uh, the referees for this round. When, uh, when we're talking about dodgy calls, are we talking like running it at like 15 seconds left with a QB sneak? Or are we talking like that uh, no, game with the Saints? We're, we're talking about breathing on Brady and getting called for roughing <laughs> yeah. the pass. I think, I think we're, 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 we're at the position where the refs are going to look. Uh, at the end of this game, we're going to be saying, my God, these refs look as guilty as a puppy sitting next to a pile of poo. So, yeah. And, and look, that was one of the things we talked about last year, especially in the conference title game. Um, when the Bucks played the Packers and we were talking about X factors. And I, I wasn't really joking when I said this, I was dead serious. The referees are the X factor. Mm-hmm. And it really came down to the referees being the X factor because we saw how physical the play was in last year's conference championship game. One secondary was allowed to mug wide receivers and the other one wasn't, especially in crunch time. Granted, while it was the right call, you weren't making that call all game and now you're making it that's right so, and you know it's it's about getting the rams you know getting the getting the the the, the super bowl is taking place in that stadium as well isn't it so it's imagine what it's going to do for the potential fan base there and the, and the revenues for the league getting the la team into the la super bowl that is true yeah yeah and the league already the league refs already put them through once when they played the yep. saints so yep. wouldn't surprise me to see it happen again that's right. That's right. It all, it all counts, James. No, James so is the... Oh, no, James is <laughs> Are you watching tape of Jalen Rager again? Uh, oh, God, please. I, I would burn all tape with Jalen Rager. The injury report... I tell you, James, honestly, our podcasts are longer than the Jalen Rager highlight tape. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 true. Is, that is true. That is true, because there is no Jalen Rager highlight tape. Uh, The Rams injury report. uh, Linebacker Ernest Jones was designated to return from injury reserve. Uh, Taylor Rapp, their safety, is in a concussion protocol. Uh, Wide receivers Brendan Powell and Ben Skornick are listed as questionable. Linebacker Troy Reeder is also listed as questionable. And we mentioned Andrew Whitworth, running back Buddy Howe, also shows up on the injury report. For the Buccaneers. Sean Murphy bunting, hamstring, Levante David, foot, Brashard Perriman, hip, Giovanni Bernard, hip and knee, Ronald Jones, ankle, and Cyril Grayson, hamstring, 
all show up on the injury report. Leonard Fournette was spotted at Thursday's practice, um, though officially he's still listed on injury reserve, and we've already talked about Wells, Jensen, and Worse. Go ahead, Neil. No, no, I was, I was just uh, uh, enjoying your pronunciation of Ben, whoever Ben was, Ben Scarmacchio, whoever you call him. Yeah, I'm not going to try to say that name again. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> the... um, are you looking forward to this one, though, James? Are you, are you seeing a potential Super Bowl winner in this? In this, I mean, are the Bucks are they just starting to fall apart? I mean, I'd like to believe so, but I don't believe it. Yeah, I kind of see whoever wins. Like, kind of like when we get to it in the next game, I think whoever wins this particular game is going to be representing the NFC for the Super Bowl. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Even more the, so than the Packers, huh? Wow. Yeah, because I think that Aaron Rodgers is, would get crushed by either of those teams. Like I just like every year the Green Bay Packers disappoint. Something happens and the Packers lose, and I just don't see it's going to be any different this year when they play one of those two teams. If is it, it a more disappointing franchise in the NFL to have had Favre and then on straight onto Rodgers? And how was that about twenty-five years at least, maybe nearly thirty years of? Of prime premier quarterback play and have what two Super Bowl wins to show for it? Three I mean, appearances? You get, yeah, it's mostly yeah. thanks to the uh, uh, three appearances. Justin two Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the Packers would have had a couple more appearances if it wasn't for the Seahawks. So yeah, that's when the Seahawks were good. What are you talking about? Hasselback yeah. uh, won the coin toss and said they were going to get the ball and they were going to score. Yeah, and but he then, threw the game winning they... touchdown. He did throw the game winning touchdown, but then there was the uh, Seahawks punter who turned the game around with a with a beaker touchdown. Oh uh, yeah, and then that onside yeah. kick, and then the onside kick. Green Bay wasn't supposed to touch. Yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. Just a Come on. Complete disaster. Come on, guys. Think, All think right. Of so this. Think, moving think, on think here of... to the final game because I'm pretty <laughs> sure we're going to get <laughs> killed for this again. Justin's crying without reminiscing <laughs> on the good old days. Uh, Seems like yeah. memory now. It's just like wow. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The final game of the divisional round has the Sorry, Buffalo Justin. Bills traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, Sunday, 630 at, on CBS. Uh, the Bills are seven in our rankings. The Chiefs are three. The Chiefs are two-point favorites. Uh, several of us are calling for the upset here with the Bills. And this little nugget here. Uh, Buffalo advanced last week with the 47-17 victory over the Patriots, who had allowed, the Patriots that is, the NFL's second fewest points per game at 17.8 during the regular season. The last team to score 47 or more points in a postseason game 
against an opponent that had allowed fewer than 18 points per game during the regular season was the 92 Cowboys who defeated the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 27. <laughs> uh, other little nuggets for this game. Travis Kelsey has averaged 84.6 career yards, career reception yards per game in the playoffs. Only Steve Smith Sr. has uh, at 91 has averaged more in NFL history, a minimum of 10 games. Uh, Josh Allen has averaged 63 rushing yards per game in three career head-to-head matchups versus Patrick Mahomes, including the playoffs. The Bills are 0-3 in road playoff games under head coach Sean McDermott, 3-0 at home. This is the first playoff game in NFL history featuring two quarterbacks to each throw five touchdown passes in their previous playoff game. Those quarterbacks, Jared Allen, an 11-6 record, 63.3 completion percentage, 36 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 92.2 passer rating for the regular season. Patrick Mahomes, 12-5 record, 66.3 completion percentage, 37 touchdowns, 13 picks, 98.5 passer rating in the regular season. And the Chiefs have averaged 32.2 points per game in the postseason with Mahomes as their quarterback, the highest by a starting quarterback in NFL history, a minimum of five starts. And we were blessed by Smug Neil and Rob, I mean, excuse me, Smug Nick, our Chiefs fan, and Rob, our Bills fan, with a nice little recording of what they see playing out so we'll turn it over to them for this nice little sound yeah really sorry listener this is going to be bloody awful isn't it (laughs) all right ladies and gentlemen it is the game of the week which in the semifinals in the parlance of one neil washington um is the divisional round of the nfl playoffs and this is the game of the week it is the you know, definitely the, the, the best game I think we're going to see up to this point through the playoffs. I am Nick, your smug Kansas City Chiefs fan. I am joined by Rob, our Buffalo Bills super fan. And um, and Rob, man, this is this is, you know, last week, you know, when we had the seven seeds in there, it was, it was a lot of blowouts and it was a lot of the a lot of games that Gotham um, did not need, but now we have the game that Gotham deserves. Do you agree, sir? Oh, I do. I feel like uh, I feel like, uh, with all respect to uh, Jordan, our Titan super fan, I feel like this may very well be the uh, AFC Championship game right here, right now. And uh, you know, who 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 would you rather have? You got the Chiefs, you got the Bills. Uh, first time in uh, ten years that the two highest paid quarterbacks are playing <laughs> each other in the playoffs. And I got a sneaking suspicion this is probably the second in what's probably going to be a long line of Josh Allen, uh, Mahomes games that we're going to see with big stakes on the line. No, I would totally agree. And in fact, if we're going to keep calling out uh, super fans, I, I do remember that um, I think after after the AFC Championship game last year, I had talked about how this was going to be, you know, potentially, you know, like a Peyton Brady sort of. Um, sort of matchup for that we're going to see for the next decade. And Neil, again, to, to mention him, um, poo pooed this idea and said, eh, no, they're going to be up and they're going to be down. Like, okay, it's now two years in a row. Um, you know, granted, it's not the AFC Championship game this time, but, you know, these teams can't control the seating. They're going to face each other when they face each other. I, I do think I would be willing to put a bet down, though, that, you know, at least for the next two years, 
um, these two teams face each other because I don't think I, I think whichever team, whichever of these two teams is the better, that is going to be the team to beat in the AFC for at least the next two. Yeah, I I, I agree completely. I think uh, you know it's uh, funny when you look at kind of these teams are built similarly. I think both our coaches are pretty you know rock solid. I think McDermott on the defensive side of the ball has done a lot of innovative things. Um, you know, he's kind of known as like a cover two shell guy, but look at the stuff that we do now. We do a lot, a lot of funky blitzes. We do a lot of, you know, a lot of man coverage mixed in with that zone and Andy Reed, his resume speaks for himself. So I think there's a lot of similarities between what's going on in Kansas city and what's going on in Buffalo, which is going to make this rivalry so much fun. I do absolutely think that this is Brady Manning for the next, you know, you say two years, I feel it's for the next five to 10. Well, I would make the bet on the two years. I mean, I think I, I mm-hmm. agree with you on the five to 10 though. I mean, um, and honestly, I think it's going to be so much fun for the NFL just because I do think these are two of the like most fun loving uh, fan bases that there is in the NFL that have experienced a lot of heartache for a long time and Heard they're going to enjoy it. Um, so it, it, it's, it's just going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to more of these conversations essentially, but you know, to get into it, you know, we were talking before we got on um, uh, on air that this is a difficult uh, matchup just to break down just because the I'm not sure how much of the matchups matter. It's more of the approaches and how they matter. Um, yet these two teams have played each other in big spots a lot over the last two years. Um, you know, most recently earlier in the season, which the, the, the Bills took themselves I believe 38 to 20. And there was the AFC championship game last year, which the chiefs took handily. Um, But each of those games have their reasons why, you know, they're not necessarily a guide for what these teams are now. Um, And so, I mean, just to to, to jump into it, I mean, how confident are you feeling that the, the, the bills can repeat what they did already earlier this season? So I don't take that, you know, the week five, week six game, whatever it was. I don't take that as uh, kind of my barometer. I take the last year's AFC championship game as the barometer. Last year, and I think we probably covered this when we talked about it, I was kind of more happy to be there. I really didn't think the Bills were going to win that game, which, you know, it's fair. They were going up against the juggernaut Kansas City Chiefs. It's a tough matchup for a team that hasn't been there. I feel different right now. We're just being completely honest. I feel like our team is humming at the right time. We got the right pieces in place. I don't care about what happened when we played each other months ago. I feel like the Bills right now are the best version of themselves. And I feel they have a legitimate shot against any team in the NFL. And, you know, mate, if they win this game, in my opinion, they're winning the Super Bowl. So, this is kind of where I'm at with them. I feel way more confident about winning this game than I did last year at this time when we were having this conversation. I personally also, and again, being smug Nick, this is kind of my brand, but I also do think that the the winner of this game probably wins the Super Bowl. Um, I agree. And, but I mean, for different reasons, I, I, I just think that these two teams have separated themselves um, from the rest of the AFC in a way but a lot of people will point to kind of like full year statistics and full year records um, as their guide on that. But <laughs> the, the real issue here is that each of these teams, when they are playing their A game, are a nuclear bomb. 
It is something that it doesn't matter really kind of any other factor that is going on on, on the other side of the field, which makes it so difficult <laughs> to break them down against each other, honestly. But each of these teams also went through a slump. You know, um, the, the Chiefs, it was early on, which I think is um, something, you know, if you're going to if you're going to trip over yourself, you might as well do it early. Um, but that was the Chiefs this year. Um, the Bills had their slump a little bit later, including losing to the freaking Jaguars, man. Like, yeah, man. Um, so, um, I mean, I, I can give my thoughts on what, the, you know, what happened with the Chiefs, but I'm interested in your thoughts on like what, what happened with the Bills and, and why are they not those Bills anymore? So I think it's kind of a fun dichotomy when you look at it uh, between the Chiefs and the Bills. Because we both, I mean, let's be honest, we run similar offenses, um, even down to, you know, receiver sets, down to running backs, like what we expect out of those positions. And and so for you guys early, it was a lot of teams were playing, if they can get their rush with four men, they had you. That was kind of the goal, right? So for the Bills, because, you know, probably perception as much as anything else didn't quite happen earlier. But once you got into kind of the middle of the season, we would see a lot of that. See a lot of the rush four, play seven, rush three, play eight in the in the backfield, you know, for their defensive backs, things like that. I think what's interesting is that your team and my team handled it in completely different ways. So for the Bills, what they did, it happened a little later in the year. Um, they switched up their offensive line a little bit. Rick Bates, um, at first partially because of injury, but now these guys are healthy and he's still in there. Um, winning has been a uh, part of the offensive line and the bills have changed. They were doing a lot of zone stuff and a little bit of power stuff. Now they're doing a lot of gap scheme, a lot of pin and pull, uh, which has really opened the gates for uh, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, I think you could make a strong case is what the Kansas city chiefs wanted hilarious to become when you look at how he's using the offense look at the bills the last five weeks look at i mean really you could pinpoint it to the second half of the tampa bay buccaneers game uh bills were kind of wiped out in the first half they came back they did lose the game in the in overtime but they came back from i believe 21 down um and really since then their um point differential which is about five weeks has been about 100 points and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, how they've changed their offense. They're running the ball. Um, and you could say easily, oh, well, Josh Allen runs the ball. Yeah, that's true. If you look at the running stats from week 13 to right now, you know, end of the season, the number seven um, running, the number seven runner in the league so in that period is Josh Allen, right? Awesome. But keep on looking up the list. Number four. Devin Singletary. The Bills have been running the ball. They so they've added a little bit of balance to that offense. I think what's interesting is that Kansas City, and you'll be able to speak on this, obviously. Um, they were faced with the same situation. They handled it in a different in a different way. They didn't run the ball more, although McKinnon looked great against Pittsburgh. But we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, what they did, and this is something. We haven't talked about this, but I'm sure it's something you'll agree with me on. 
they introduced a screen game to them. If you look at the past six weeks, um, Kansas City has thrown screen passes 14% of the time, which has been a great way to kind of keep defenses at bay. And they're not just targeting Tyreek Hill and Kelsey anymore. If you look at targets for the past six weeks, um, I thought this was a real interesting set. By the way, shout out Joe Marino and Locked on Bills. Uh, 32 uh, 32 uh, targets to Kelsey, 31 to Tyreek Hill, 30 to Brian Pringle. Let's talk about that. Yeah, no, um, I mean, there's there's a lot there I want to touch upon, but um, but yeah, I, I, I do think that what that was the kind of the, what the Chiefs slump was was that um, you know it wasn't like the, the 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 Mahomes Chiefs had never faced a two deep safety shell before. The, the you know teams threw that at them a bunch you know over the last couple of years, but teams would usually adjust to that. They would go back and forth and things like that. Um, this was kind of the first time where I think the Chiefs were facing that constantly, where there was just like the deep shots were not, not ever the statistical like hat on hat good play. And, and, and at the same time on the off season, they overhauled their entire offensive line. And by the way, they overhauled it for good. The offensive line is much improved. In fact, I mean, I think there were some the Pro Bowl snubs on that offensive line. Um, but because of the rookies, they're just not going to get that kind of, um, you know, that, that kind of accolade. But nonetheless, it was, it was a line that operated differently. And it was a line that Mahomes was not um, fully comfortable with. And their, their tendencies were different. And so it, things, things were happening uh, Mahomes was not adjusting well to the deep shots not being open. He was not adjusting well to, you know, trusting his new offensive line. He also was not adjusting well to um, the early of the season uh, defense being deficient. Now that, that defense has, has completely turned around from, from really not even like halfway point. Like we're talking like week five, week six on has been one of the best defenses in the league. But during that time, they were not getting stops, and Mahomes was just pressing. He was running. He was running out of clean pockets. He was doing all sorts of silly things. You know that happens. Um, the thing is that Mahomes is set such a high bar that I think people were ready to pounce on him. The, the national pundit class, anyway. Like as soon as he starts showing some imperfect play, it's like, oh, he's figured out. He's done. Um, and that's obviously silly. Um, and it was the same thing. It was silly when when Josh Allen had his slump. But I think what the Chiefs have figured out is they've gotten more comfortable into that. And, and honestly, it's not like they had to go too far. Some of it, they just had to go back to the Alex Smith Chiefs playbook because Andy Reid has always had creative screen passes. Uh, he's always had this kind of stuff in the playbook. They had just kind of taken it away because Alex Smith and Mahomes are two different players. Um, but it's always been there. And, and they're, they're much more comfortable of just taking what's there and even and even taking it quickly, and I think Mahomes has been operating that really well. Um, as you mentioned, Jarek McKinnon, man, like it's been one of the, those things in, in like in Chiefs Twitter that has been one of the greatest mysteries throughout the regular season because he looked great in preseason, and everyone was like, you know, Ceh had had some his time. You know, Daryl Williams had had some good games. Um, Derek Gore had some big runs. But it was like, why are we not seeing Jarek McKinnon? Like, he looked great in preseason. He also has, has started for, for NFL teams before and looked very, very good and very serviceable. And he had 12 touches all in the entirety of the regular season. He had more than that against the Steelers in the playoffs. And I think that was always the Chiefs' 
um, goal was just basically stash him for the playoffs. Like we got some good backs. Um, we just, we're going to keep this guy. We have plays. We know that work with him. We're going to keep fresh legs for the playoffs and he's just going to be our guy, no matter who's banged up or whatever. Um, I don't know what the splits are going to be like in this game, but it seems like the Chiefs have been holding a lot of stuff for the playoffs, which is something that encourages me because there have been times, and it's one of those things with Andy Reid offenses, they, they tend to go vanilla at, at, at points of games where Andy Reid, he has a lot of tricks in his little, you know, in this like clown bag, um, but he doesn't want to show all of them you know, halfway through the regular season, he, he's, he wants to save a lot of that stuff for later. And every now and then he will just go to a completely vanilla game script and it won't work. And it, it, it's interesting that you also mentioned the, the um, what the bills were dealing with in terms of just, you know, gap versus spread, you know, stretch runs and, and zone runs and things like that. The Chiefs have been dealing with the exact same thing in that uh, Reed in Kansas city has never had like a really strong, um, large bodied, like physical offensive line that can win in gap in the gap run game. And so he's always gone with zone runs. And partially that complements the rest of his playbook because he's doing RPOs, he's doing all this other kind of stuff. He doesn't need, he can't have linemen going too far downfield um, because that screws up the past part of, uh, of the RPO and all that kind of stuff. It, it, so he, he, you know, tries to keep everything moving horizontal on all of these kind of things, even on the runs. Um, but now they have a, a running game or at least a run blocking O-line that can really just move downfield on guys if they're willing to commit to it. And of course, Andy Reid's never going to commit to it. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, I think this is going to be the sort of game where um, both coaches are going to try to parry and block the things that that each side really wants to do. And so it may be about... Um, who wins with the things that they're not used to doing? Yeah, I think it was, I think that's a good point. I think that uh, if you look at the teams, I think there's a lot of similarities. And, you know, shockingly enough, McDermott comes from the Andy Reid tree. Like he's, you know, he was Andy Reid's defensive coordinator in Philadelphia way, way back when. Um, and then he ended up going to Carolina kind of figuring his stuff out and then became the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a super interesting matchup, not in just, you know, it's not like your basic, oh, well, this team runs the ball. Oh, well, they better be good at stopping the run and then we'll have a game. There's so many intricate layers to this game that I think is what's going to make it fun because it's the teams are built similarly. It's, you know, we've talked about this before, but they're just built similarly. I think if you were to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire came into the league, I think a year or two before Singletary. But if you were going to give him a comp coming out of LSU, it might be an upgraded Singletary. Although now I think it's maybe a different deal. I don't, I, I think I'd rather have Singletary than CEH but that's a different story, but they're similar running backs in a similar offense. Both quarterbacks love to play well off script. I mean, you, you get Mahomes, you get Josh Allen running to the right out of script in tempo. It's a good thing for the offense. You know, this like it's, it's going to be a real interesting matchup. I can't, just as, a, as a fan of football, I can't wait to watch it. 
and it and it and the, and the teams are going to have to deal with the exact same problems too, which is on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to drop back into zone, they have plenty of weapons. Each side has plenty of weapons to tear up zones. If you want to go into man, which both teams kind of like to do at times, well, if you turn your back, if everybody's turning their backs on these quarterbacks, they're running. So you can't do that really either. You got to mix. It's going to be a mix on both sides, and they're going to have to throw some stuff out there that they've probably never shown on film um on the defensive side um so i mean i guess that gets us around to prediction time i mean <laughs> we talked about how how difficult this game is to predict i really i mean even though i think these, these I, you know it, like I, I i could i could see any result from this game but i do think it's going to end up being close in the end it may be one team is running away with it for one half and the other team is is catching up for the other half um and there's going to be some back and forth towards the end but one way or the other, I do think it ends up being very close. I'm going to, I guess my own prediction, uh, I'm going to say the Chiefs win this thing 38 to 35. What do you got there? I mean, like, I feel like for the Bills, this isn't their happy to be here year. I feel like this is let's get this shit year. So, like, I can't, I can't, I can't go against them. I mean, the last game they played against the top five defense, they didn't even see a fourth down. They literally play the perfect <laughs> game of offense. Shout out Pod Vader. Uh, <laughs> but like it's it's gonna be a close game. I I think these are the two best teams in the league. If you want my honest opinion. I think I think it's a shame we're seeing this now and not a week from now. But here we are. So I'm taking the Bills. I and it, you know, probably a pretty similar score because it's gonna it's a game of chess. It's a game of chess. You got the protege. Uh, McDermott going against, uh, you know, his uncle, uh, Andy Reed, who, you know, Andy Reed has done great things and has quite people want to talk about the Belichick tree. Nah, forget that. Look at the Andy Reed tree. It's gorgeous and has a lot of fruit on it. And, you know, this is this is a great matchup. This is going to be a fun game to watch, whether you care about either either of these two teams or not. This is a fun game to watch. I just feel personally that the Buffalo Bills will just get just a little bit more juice out of the fruit. I think that they win this game and uh, they go to Tennessee where they will win. Yeah. Well, again, I also agree that whoever wins this game is going to the Super Bowl. Um, but just to make things a little more interesting, um, because the stakes are the Super Bowl already, but the stakes between me and you we already like each other. So, I mean, like we got to screw that up somehow. So let's put some, let's put some skin on this game. Right. I mean, um, you know, Monty, who I, I, I obviously hate um, our despicable uh, Raiders super fan. Uh, He he and I have done a a fair amount of friendly wagers on this program. And, um, and I'd like to, to do one to you. Um, We all know that Patrick Mahomes is not the only famous Mahomes of his generation. There is an, uh, another um, illustrious, shall I say, Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, who does a bunch of uh, widely acclaimed TikTok dances on opposing fields, on home fields, and does a bunch of other weird stuff. And so if the Chiefs take this thing, I want you to perform the Jackson Mahomes dance of my choosing for my enjoyment. 
Fine. And we, so just, you know, I'm pulling an audible right now. Um, we obviously, we talked a little bit about this off air and as you're talking, it just dawned on me what I want you to do. Hmm. So you may have noticed the uh, starting quarterback for the Washington Redskins um, was in the stadium for the Bills last week. Shirt off, drinking, having a good time. I know what I want you to do. I want to see a bit. I I want you, gloves on, shirt off, out in New York City, because that's where you live. And I know the weather is garbage because I grew up in the state. (laughs) <laughs> I want you singing the Bills song in fit in uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick gear. I don't have the beard. No, but you I... don't need the beard. You don't need the beard. <laughs> I can I can absolutely deliver you that moment yep. in my uh, in the depths of my sorrow. Should the Chiefs not take this one, um, thankfully that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. So, but but thank you, good sir. The gauntlet is thrown. I'm ready. You're going to love it. You drink like a Western New Yorker already, so you're good to go. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, back to you, James. All right. So there you have it from Rob and uh, Nick. Interesting there. They have a nice little bet going, fellas. And uh, (laughs) I'm interested to see more so how this bet plays out which is why I'm really going to be tuned into this game. They both call it the game of the weekend. Um, the bet. I, mean, I, I want to see Nick shirtless for sure. Yeah. So. Nick shirtless a la Fitzpatrick. Cause he was at the bills game last weekend uh, singing the bills team song. Should the chiefs lose. And if the bills lose, Rob has to do a Jackson Mahomes TikTok dance one that Nick would choose for him to do. Like, I, I am so highly anticipating watching this game now just for that bet alone. Is there any way that both of them can lose so we can get both those sides of that bet? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Just the playoffs. Someone actually has to win this game. Unfortunate. <laughs> uh, weather for this game in Kansas City is going to be 38 degrees uh sunday evening and night so um shouldn't be that much of a factor uh neil anything you want to add to this outside well, of the I, wonderful analysis we already received yeah i would just i would well i mean jeez, <laughs> i would uh low bar james i would uh i would say wow, that if, really? if, if if nick loses the bet i would like to see him uh and more than shirtless and just with a with a bottle of heights distillery vodka covering his innocence Oh Lord. Okay. No. Nope. But, but <laughs> no. in terms of in terms of the in terms of the game itself, in terms of the game itself, I think. Uh, uh, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to be too overly complicated about this. In what was it? Uh, I'm going to say like week five, week six, some somewhere along those lines. Buffalo walked into Kansas City Stadium and mm-hmm. absolutely slaughtered them. And in that game, you've got uh, Josh Allen running for 59 yards and a touchdown throwing for 315 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, they and mentioned I, that. And I, yeah, exactly. And I and I can see this just being a, a repeat of that. I don't see any way here the Chiefs can win. I'm, I'm absolutely stunned they're favorites in this game. And, wow. Uh, well, and it I is just, the playoffs and they're at home. Yeah, I, I just can't see them. Uh, they're a powder puff. 
they're a powder puff offense and Ooh. defense, really. The Chiefs this year, they're not the Chiefs they were, and they're That's they're going to get. I mean, I would be I would be stunned if we don't see another forty burger from the Bills here. Jarrett, final thoughts uh, here. I unfortunately, I think that I have to side with Nick and go with Kansas City here. I, as much as I want the Bills to win because the Kansas City Chiefs are the new evil empire. Wow. I just, I just think really? that Kansas City, I think Kansas City wins this game. I the Bills can only win this game if Josh Allen goes off, which could happen. The Bills need the Bills basically played perfect football against the Patriots. If they do that again, they win because the Kansas City Chiefs cannot keep up with that kind of perfection. But I don't think they can do it. So I I, I think Kansas City wins this one and I think it's going to be by two touchdowns actually. How though? How how could how could they possibly win this game? How? The Patrick Mahomes magic. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to happen. Like Jackson Mahomes is going to get out there, do his TikTok. Okay, stop. And nope, nope, nope. It's going to uh, inspire nope, uh, Patrick to, to no, be amazing. No, no, no. We're going to shut that down right there. We're, we're not mentioning that guy's name ever again on this podcast, okay? Outside of that bet. <laughs> we're going to stop that right now. Um, Give me a score say, then, James. Come on. I like the Chiefs. By a touchdown, um, if 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 for nothing else, I don't I don't want to look at the game from earlier in the season because we we tried that last year when they played in the regular season and it didn't go that way in in the AFC title game. Why do I expect the Week Five outcome to have any impact on this divisional round game? Just throw it out the window. These these are not the same teams from from week five. Now, if you were to say these two teams played five weeks ago, yeah, I, I'd be more worried then if that was the result five weeks ago. Uh, but I'm going to say, James, 15 minutes ago, you told me that uh, teams are winning by double digits and all that and all that guff. They hey, absolutely that, that, destroyed them. They beat them by, what, 18 points. That, that it was... wasn't even a game. <laughs> Look, all I, all I will say is this. Kansas City has this habit of starting slow, something happening, and then them rattling off anywhere between three to five touchdowns in a row. We saw it last oh, week. Oh, that's that's the old Chiefs. You know the days when Seattle Really? They just good. did it last week. They just did it last week. TJ, TJ Watt against, scores a touchdown in the, at, at the yeah. end of the first quarter, and, they oh. scored, and the Chiefs scored the next five touchdowns. What do you mean the you're, old Chiefs? We just saw it last week. You're basing your argument against against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's whose offense was as anemic as uh, as anemic they can still be. still put up 21 points. <laughs> Come on. I mean, Steelers, that was a joke. Like, Ben, I, ben was washed. He, he can't they still put up, regardless of how much of a joke they are, they still put up 21 points. That's, yeah, that's, that's only because like they felt bad for the Steelers. Yeah. They're like, we don't want yeah. Big Ben to get shut out on his last game ever. Yeah. And so they, like, it also tells points. you a lot about the Chiefs' defense. That is true, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's an absolute Wait. mismatch. This is it's not even going to be close, James. It's going to be over by halftime. This one. Wow. Wait. So, Neil, what do you think the score is going to be? Um, I, think... I've already said a forty burger for for, for I'll Buffalo. say four. I'll say forty-five twenty-one. I got for Buffalo. 40... Oh, oh, yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, for Buffalo easily. Okay. I mean, that might even be the halftime score. I'm, I'm okay. going opposite. Forty-two twenty-eight Chiefs. What do you got, James? Give us something. Uh. uh... Sure, let's go 42-30 Chiefs. Okay. So we think it's all going to be high scoring. 
So of it's course. Definitely not, it's not going to be high scoring. No. Because we all think no, so. No, because I don't trust either defense in this game. <laughs> I didn't trust either defense in the AFC Championship last year. You saw how yeah. that turned out. My, my, oh. issue with the, my issue with the defense for the Bills is that they're very bad against the run. And, and Kansas City don't run the ball that well. I guess another question, like similar to what I brought up before, and I kind of foreshadowed it, is I think the winner, just like Nick and uh, uh, Rob think, of this game is going to represent the AFC. Do you guys agree with that? Well, first Bowl? of all, <laughs> yes. First of yes, all, you I, listen I, to I, Nick and Rob. Oh my God, what's wrong with you, man? Oh, all gosh. right. Okay, Neil. <laughs> Neil didn't do the assignment, ladies and gentlemen. He never does. I'm not listening <laughs> to that. I, I mean, I'm honestly, my life has not reached that point yet where where I have where I have time or inclination to listen to those two jabronis rumbling on for half oh, an hour. Oh gosh, that thank you for the throwback to the rock. Uh, the injury report: the Buffalo Bills list Mario Addison as questionable with a shoulder injury. Uh, the Chiefs have uh, Prince Tego Wanago, their tackle. Uh, listed as questionable. Anthony Hitchens, the linebacker. Daryl Williams, their running back. And Rashard Fenton, their cornerback, all listed as questionable. Uh, not really big injuries, but Anthony Hitchens is probably key in that group. As for the officials for this, as we wrap this up here, the head referee for the Bengals at Titans is going to be Cleet Blakeman. His 14th season, 12th as a referee, um, has worked four wild card playoff games, four divisional games, three conference championships, and was the referee for Super Bowl 50. Um, the head referee for the San Francisco 49ers at Green Bay Packers is Ron Torbert. His 12th season, eighth as a referee, he's worked three wild card games and six divisional games. Rams at Buccaneers, Sean Hockley. And if that name sounds familiar, yes, he is the son of the infamous Hawk. Uh, eighth season, fourth as a referee. He's worked one wild card game and five divisional games. That was him, him of the him with the biceps the size of Boston, huh? His, his dad, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And uh for Bills at Chiefs, John Hussey, 20th season, seventh as a referee. Hussey has worked six wildcard games, five divisional games, three conference championships, and Super Bowl 45. So, you, know, you want an interesting fact about Mr. Hussey? Oh, gosh. Do I even want to know, yes. Neil? Yes, let's hear it. Yeah. Let's hear it. All right. Hussey is, a, is an old English word for prostitute. Mm. Interesting. There you go. More you know. Did you like that then, uh, James? Yeah. Uh, he's still processing it. He's yeah, still he's thinking still about here. that Niners game. Right. Okay. Uh, for those who want a <laughs> deeper analysis, Blakeman, Blakeman's crew. Now, remember, these are all-star crews, which I am against. I, I don't know about you guys. I do not like all-star crews in Agreed. the playoffs. I, I understand also rewarding agree. officials who do a great job individually during the regular season. I prefer the crews stay the same all the way through. If you like a crew as a whole doing a good job yeah. in the regular season, then bring that whole crew to the playoffs and let them work whatever games they work. These all-star crews don't know each other. They don't know how they call things. That being said, while this is an all-star crew, Blakeman's crew during the regular season ranked third as far as calling holding penalties, mm -hmm. 10 in passing... <laughs> 
pass interference penalties, second in roughing the passer, fourth unsportsmanlike conduct, and fourth overall in penalty yards. That's for the Bengals and Titans. For the Niners and Packers, Torbert, his crew ranked seventh as far as calling holding penalties, 13th on pass interference, fifth rushing the passer, 17th on unsportsmanlike conduct. Hockley for the Rams and Buccaneers ranked fifth in holding calls, eighth in PI, ninth in roughing the passer, fourth in unsportsmanlike conduct. And Hussey for Bills and Chiefs, his crew ranked 14th in holding calls, 17th in pass interference, 16th roughing the passer, and second in unsportsmanlike conduct. Take from that what you will. I always say the referees are part of the game. And unfortunately, Mm. their impact can be felt Mm. or not felt. Mm. So looking at the uh, looking at the the predictions, then you guys are going for what the Bengals against the the Chiefs in the championship game and the Packers against the Buccaneers. Mm hmm. I think it's going to be chalk in the NFC, but yeah, I think Bengals Chiefs in the title game in the AFC. I've gone exactly the opposite from you guys. I, I see yeah. because you, yeah. you picked all the road teams except yeah. for Tennessee, whereas yeah. I picked all the home teams except for mm-hmm. Cincinnati. That's right. Well, James, another opportunity for you to be wrong again. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I, I, I never <laughs> claim to be an expert in anything. I just know a lot about a little, or is it a oh. little about a lot? Uh, probably the former. <laughs> <laughs> you're very good. You're very good on. Uh, you're very good on. Uh, what do you call it? Like uh, fantasy films. Right? Oh gosh, <laughs> Jared. Final thoughts for this weekend. Anything specific uh, you're looking forward to of these I, four games? I think that it's going to be really good football. I think that there's going to be. I'm hoping for at least one huge upset. I would absolutely love to see Kansas City lose. I'm really hoping for it. I don't think it happens, but I'm really hoping for it. And then the one thing I am most hyped for is today. We got the Pepsi halftime show drop trailer. We got to see who is in that. A lot of OG rappers coming out. We're probably going to hear some songs from the Chronic, things like that for uh, Super Bowl. So I know Kevin will be excited for that. And yeah, it should be fun. We get to get down to those uh, championship games. Mm-hmm. Neil, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just looking for four really good games. Uh, I was going to ask you guys just about the time of the games. How does that suit with your own lifestyles? I mean, you've got the. I take it you guys were working on Monday, so if you're working on Monday, you know, is, is that okay for you? The with the second game, what's that start? Is six thirty for you? Does it? Yeah, six thirty. Mm-hmm. So you'll be fine. It's no yeah. different than waiting for the Sunday night game during the regular yeah. season, which goes off around midnight. <laughs> And, and will you watch? Will you guys watch all four games? Will you have time for that in your busy lives? Um, uh, yeah, I work my life around football. I, I, I'll miss one of them because I don't have Fox, but mm-hmm. I'll watch the rest. Ah, okay. Of course, you have the yeah, answer. That's right enough. Yeah, you have different channels, don't you? Doing it, so we're uh, mm-hmm. really good. I think. Uh, yeah, but otherwise, James. No, I'm just looking for four really good games. I spoke to somebody at work today, and they were saying how much they were hoping that it was going to be. It was going to be Buffalo and Cincinnati in the in the in the championship game because because both those teams are great stories. And uh, I, I just got to say, I, I'm I was kind of all in on Tennessee for a while. Now I'm kind of like thinking, well, actually, Buffalo looks like the team that's really really looking good. Uh, we'll see Tennessee and Green Bay, of course, this week. But uh, I'm all Bills. 
Go Rob. <laughs> Go Rob, amen. Well, I'll say this: when this, uh, when these playoffs started and the field was set, I was only really looking forward to three things. Um, two of them have already happened. I, I was looking for. <laughs> The hearts to be broken of the Dallas Cowboys again, which is always fun to watch. Um, the Patriots to hopefully lose earlier than later, which was wonderful. And and now I just need the Buccaneers knocked out of the playoffs, um, which is and, and and I shouldn't say the Buccaneers. I want to see Tom Brady knocked out of the playoffs. I I I I want to have a Super Bowl with no Tom Brady. That that's. My that's the only thing I've got left right now to be rooting for. So it, it, any combination of the remaining seven teams making the Super Bowl, I truly do not care as long as Tom Brady's not there. So basically, we're looking at now. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Buffalo's never won it. They lost four in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, Tampa's won it. Rams Rams have never won it, have they? They lost yes. one. No, they beat the Titans, didn't they? They beat the Titans. Greatest yeah, show so on turf. They've won it. Uh, 49ers have won it. Packers have won it. So basically, we could. Uh, we can't. We can't have a, all the NFC teams have won the Super Bowl. Then that's a shame. Yes, uh, every team nice. in the NFC has won at least one Super Bowl. But my team being out, it's always nice to see a new team winning it. And, and uh, well, well, you'll be we rooting might... for one of the AFC representatives, not yeah. named Kansas City. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, that would that would be good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, for Jared, for Neil, I am James. This has been Next Fan Up. We are signing off. And uh, J Justin, it they did this this week again. It it, it wasn't me. Go Hawks! It was all of them. Go Hawks! <laughs> Trying to do the challenge of finding the mysterious pod. Is there somebody else here now? Oh, Jesus! Nice, dude. Let's go! <laughs> Get out of my face. I'm running out of breath and also out of energy. I'm going to see you later. Bye.